Okay. Three, two, welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. Today is kind of special because I get to interview one of the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Absurd Hypotheticals. And actually, if you go listen to the episode that came out today, you're going to hear me on that. So just a little plug for that before we get into it. Anyways, Chris Yee creates a podcast, but he also does a lot more. He's also an author, and he talks to me about his creative side while also being an engineer and how he came to the decisions he's come to. It's a pretty fantastic episode, and I look forward to sharing it with you. Remember, after today's episode, take just five minutes to listen to the people around you. I guarantee it will change your life. Chris Yee, welcome to My Wax Museum. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, we were just chatting a little bit, um, and I was just on your show. So if you want, you can kind of give a little quick dive into how we know each other. Yeah, as you said, I have my own podcast. It's called um, Absurd Hypotheticals. And back in December, we were actually looking to have guests on our show. We hadn't really done that before. Um, and I'm part of a Stitcher group on Facebook and you're on that too. Mm-hmm. So I put, I put out a call, um, just to the whole group. Does anyone want to come onto our show? Um, I kind of explained what it was and there, we got a few responses. Um, you yeah. were one of them. Yeah. Most of them kind of just fizzled out, but you kind of, you stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. You're one of the few at the time. So the timing was a little weird because you had responded right before I broke my ankle. Uh, mm-hmm. So we had to actually like put the show on pause for a little bit. Uh, and we had like a five-month hiatus for our show. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the back of my head, I still knew that you wanted to be on the show. Mm-hmm. So eventually when my ankle healed, I reached back out to you. and I was like, do you still want to be on the show? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Um, you're still interested. And we actually just recorded that last week. So the premise of the show is that we answer like a hypothetical question and we try to like sort of be educational, but also be like funny and entertaining. Yeah. And um, the question that we answered last week was what if birds didn't exist? And you actually brought like, um, like a unique perspective to the show because we don't usually have like a historical aspect we're more like engineers and like science people uh so that was kind of refreshing to have you on yeah it was it was a lot of fun and i think actually with the way my release schedule is and the way yours is i think uh this episode that you're on and the episode of your show that i'm on might come out actually on the same day oh uh, wow (laughs) if if not like just a week apart so it's pretty perfect timing yeah that's pretty pretty awesome (laughs) yeah yeah and i and i kept on top of you about being on the show because i really enjoy your guys's show Um, yeah we noticed that you kept on like you kept on listening Mm -hmm. yeah um it's you know it's it like i was telling you before it ties in with the theme of my podcast you know you find those things that you enjoy and you you support those things you participate in those things right and uh and yeah so i wanted to throw some of that support behind you guys because i appreciated what you guys were doing yeah well we appreciate it 
So uh, yeah, so that's kind of how we got together here. But going going further back, years and years back, uh, where are you from? So I am from Massachusetts. I'm I was born in a suburbs of Boston. So it's like uh, it's like a half hour out of Boston, um, just like a normal stereotypical suburbs. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Needham, and. Yeah, I went to. They're no. They're basically known for their school system. So they're really good, like public schools. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I went to public school in Needham, um, and I basically. So, in school, I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do, but yeah, I did know. I I knew I had like a creative aspect of my mind. So right. Um. I didn't mention this before, but I'm all, in addition to podcasting, I'm also a writer. Um, so I write yeah. like books and stuff. I write fiction, and I've actually been writing. I've been doing creative writing for like my entire life. Like when I was a little kid, I'd write like little stories and stuff, um, just like a page long, not, nothing too big. Right. Uh, but in school, I actually hated. Um, writing in school just because it was like always research papers and stuff like oh, that okay yeah um so i feel like in school i was kind of turned off to writing right sort of um and i was more turned into like the science and math part of of school okay so when i was trying to decide what i wanted to do for college or mm-hmm. like as a career i kind of steered in that direction right um, and I, I ended up majoring in civil engineering. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up in Northeastern University, which is in Boston still. So I, st- I stuck around. Um, yeah. And I pursued, yeah, I pursued a bachelor's in civil engineering. And I'm actually a civil engineer right now. That's what, um, that's what pays the bills. <laughs> right, right. But it wasn't until like after college that I kind of came back to writing um, just because there was no like uh, academic thing to it, I don't know. I feel like the school part of writing, I, I see the value in it. Right. Like, yeah. There's definitely value to it, but but it just I, wasn't your thing. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. Um, I don't know. I just like writing for the pleasure of it. Same. It was sort of the same thing with reading too. Okay, so what kind of what kind of stuff do you read then? Um, so I don't actually. It's surprising because as a writer, you'd think I'd read like a ton, but I don't actually read that much. Right. Um, but when I do read, I like to read like science fiction stuff. Uh, I like Stephen King a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I'm actually a pretty slow reader, which is why I don't actually read that much. But mm-hmm. most people kind of just assume that I get like inspiration for my stories from reading, which is not true. Right. Yeah. I usually, I think my main inspiration is from uh, mostly like movies and video games. I play a lot of video games. Yeah. Uh, TV shows, stuff like that. Just anything like fiction, any stories. Right. Yeah. It kind of all consumes into you and then kind of little things trickle out yeah uh, and i i know like i read i've read three of your books uh the trilogy um which it what's it called again 
What's the whole trilogy uh, together? The, the trilogy is called Age of End. Age of End. Yeah. And uh, and it was it was interesting. I'm not like a huge reader either, but it really right. felt like um, like a little a little bit different from any other books that I have read. So it gives it kind of that unique unique aspect um, because you get inspiration from other areas. It's not like a like a total repeat of of a lot of the other things that we see in pop culture, I feel like. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I, f I like to think that that gives me a unique voice. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's got, got a unique story and stuff. I mean, so how long, how long between you writing as a little kid, those one page stories, how long was it between that and you completing university and deciding, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get back on this bandwagon. I'm going to get back into writing these things. Um, so I wrote little stories, I would say as young as like eight years old or something. And I kind of stopped, I dropped off of that, uh, in like middle school around then. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't get really serious into writing again until I graduated from college. Actually, two years after I graduated college is when I published my first book. Oh, it was that long, um, eh? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was a long time. Uh, yeah, I published my first book in 2016, so three years ago. Okay. And I'd actually been working on that. Actually, I guess I was starting to work on it while I was in college, because I was starting to work on it um, I, I was working on it for five years, that first oh, wow. book. <laughs> yeah. Just because that's kind of the way things go when it's your first book. Right, right. Well, and you're occupied in college, too. Yeah, yeah. You have other things going on. Actually, mm -hmm. the reason I started writing again, I think, is because... So Northeastern has... Um, they, they have a co-op program. Okay. Which is basically just like a six-month internship with the company okay um, yeah so you you do like six months in the internship and then you do six months back in classes and then you switch back and forth and my first co-op i actually didn't like at all it was like an energy company and they just didn't have any work for me so i was just sitting around in the office all day doing nothing and i think that's kind of what drove me because i was just getting bored so right. I started thinking of stories again, and I, that I had plenty of time, so I just started writing again. <laughs> right. And so you kind of started to get back into it. Um, was it was it just something that kind of just happened, or was it like I need something to keep me sane? So I have decided to do writing again. Um. I think I always kind of had the idea for that story in like the back of my head. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to do something with it at some point. I just didn't right. know exactly when or like how to start or anything. Um, but I guess that co-op experience was kind of just a little push that I needed to get started. Because right. I feel like most creative things the most difficult part is actually starting it. And then once you start it, you have, you gain momentum. You can actually get things done. You just have to get started first. Right. Right. That makes sense. Do you feel like, do you feel 
like you should have gotten started sooner or do you feel like it happened at just the right time? Like what's your perspective on the timeline of you kind of indulging that creative side? Um, I mean, so I do sometimes kind of wish I'd started earlier, mm-hmm. but I do think that um, like I am kind of, I'm glad that I didn't go to college for writing. Right. Because I think that would have just turned me off to it. And I hmm. think my my science aspect, like my engineering degree and stuff, that gives me a like a unique voice to my writing. Right, right. I, I don't think I, my books would be the same without that background. Right. Okay, so do you feel like do you feel like the engineer in you has kind of made your books, I don't know, more kind of smartish, like having, because I know in in uh, the Age of End uh, series, there's some cool, like, little interesting things. Do you think those things were added in there, were in there because of yeah, your, I do. your engineering? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, well, mostly, so the first book is actually in my opinion, I mean, I know you liked it, but in my opinion, yeah. I think it's my worst work just okay. because it's my first book. Yeah. Um, I feel it's kind of actually jumbled a little bit and I, I prefer my more recent books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've improved a lot, Right. but yeah, those first books, I mean, anyone that writes a book for the first time will tell you it like further in their career, they'll tell you that that first book um, it's basically just like everything in their head jammed into one thing. Right. And there's like no filters, nothing. Uh, and then eventually you learn how to filter things out and stuff like that. But yeah, the engineering side of it, I guess, um, I, I guess it's just the kind, like the types of topics I choose. I don't think I'd be, right. I'd cover the same types of things in my stories if I didn't have that engineering background yeah that that makes sense it's um it's it's interesting how those real world things affect you in in kind of that creative sphere so I'm curious then uh as a kid what did you write about as a kid what what were the contents of your little stories uh let's see if I can remember them (laughs) Um, Dig back. Yeah, it was a while ago. I do remember... I think they were more fantasy-based. I was more into fantasy back then. Now I'm more mm-hmm. into science fiction. Okay. But I, I remember there was one story that I wrote. Um, it, it was called... I think it was called The Golden Landing. And it was about a group of kids that found this, like... This, like, cave or something. It was, like, a yeah. hole in the ground or a cave... And they went down into it, and they found, like, this whole cavern filled with gold and stuff. Um, and then there were, like, there must have been, I think there were, like, trolls in there or something. Okay. Stuff like that. Um, I was really into, like, swords and, like, dwarves and soldiers and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I do remember um, <laughs> there was one thing that I it wasn't a book, like a story, but it was like a sort of a comic strip sort of thing. Okay. And thinking back to it now, it was pretty morbid. It was um, 
I forget what it was called, but the premise was basically just how many ways can this one character die in comical ways? <laughs> Great. So, like, for an example, there was one where he's holding a knife and he's trying to, like, cut something up in his kitchen. Gets cut, it gets caught in the cutting board and he's trying to pull it out. And as he tries to pull it out, it slips out of his hand, goes flying in the air and falls on him and kills him. Um, <laughs> and then I had this whole like after story where he was dead, but he was on the street and the ambulance is coming to pick him up. Yeah. But they don't pick him up. They just run over him. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I don't know where, like where I got inspiration for that, but right. Um, but, I was pretty young was when there. I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. I don't That's... know if my parents were like, what are these comics? <laughs> right, yeah. They, they're they like, I'm they concerned been, like, about my son. Yeah, a little worried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I feel like that comes from a lot of kids. Like, a lot of kids kind of have these little morbid tales they tell. And, yeah. and I'd be curious to be a child psychologist and just to study these things and kind of see what the patterns are, what similarities there are. Because obviously, or at least I'm assuming, I don't know you super well, but I'm assuming you're a fairly well-adjusted person. I would like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> we assume um, so. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really, like, gory. I didn't draw, like, blood or anything. It was more like cartoon right. violence. I watched a lot of cartoons as a kid, so right. I guess that had a big influence on me. Which ones which ones did you tend to watch the most? SpongeBob was big. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon. Okay, yeah. Uh, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. So yeah. like Johnny Bravo I watched a lot. Yeah. Um, Samurai Jack. Okay. Dexter's Laboratory, stuff like yeah. that. SpongeBob I think was the biggest one though. I watched a lot of right. Simpsons too. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we watched a lot of Simpsons with my dad. Don't tell my mom, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when Simpsons was a like a taboo show, right? Now, now it's tame. There's things that are way worse. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think Simpsons is way tame compared to some of the stuff that's out there. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting how things change and uh, kind of how our tastes change with it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so tell me about. Um, Tell me about kind of developing after after university. Uh, you got a little bit more into these creative things. You got into your career, and uh, and you're enjoying that now. Um, yes. So you started doing more writing. How did you get into podcasting? Right. So in college, um, it was actually my senior year of college. I met uh, Marcus. You you've talked to Marcus, but he's mm -hmm. uh, he's my co-host on the podcast. Yeah. And we didn't actually start the podcast then. We actually, we started, so we do um, Let's Play videos too. And if you don't know what Let's Play videos are, they're basically just, you play video games and then you post them on YouTube and you like comment on the video games while you play them and stuff like that. And we wanted to do something like that. So we started our own Let's Play channel. Yeah. Um, and we don't do that anymore. We don't do that specific channel anymore. We do a different channel. But that first yeah. channel was called Pixel Playground. And that was basically the first um, 
like thing that we published like right. to the public i guess um yeah so that was like the first thing we put out to the public right so right. i like to think that well you told me off the show that you do your podcast because you wanted to improve your listening right um I think I'm actually the opposite. I do all these things. I do the podcast. I do the Let's Play channels because I want to get better at speaking. I've always been sort of introverted, so right. I want to improve my speaking skills, and this allows me to do that. Right. Huh. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So we started the Let's Play channel. Yeah. Um, we did that for about five years with really no audience at all. Um, we kind of right. just liked to do it. Uh, and then we start. We ended that about a year ago, okay. and we started a new channel. It was a new Let's Play channel, but it had sort of a different concept to it. And then, um, in addition to that, we also uh, Marcus suggested that we start a podcast too. So I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. Let's do that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so it's more creative yeah. stuff that you guys can get into. Yeah, I feel like we're always. Like, we always want to do more. We just don't really necessarily have the time to do more. <laughs> right, yeah, that's we the always have, kicker, right? Yeah, we always have more projects in the back of our mind. Oh, it would be cool to do this. Um, but, yeah, the podcast is the, the latest thing that we've, that we've developed. And I, th- I think, um, I mean, the amount of work you guys put into it, and I told, I told you about this, I think, on the show and off the show, it's <laughs> insane, like yeah we so we want to try to be somewhat accurate um right when we're answering our hypothetical questions because we want to be uh, we want to get the science right to the best of our knowledge so we have mm-hmm. to we have to do a good amount of research beforehand um and we, we we know that we definitely don't get everything right we try to be transparent about that um and we encourage people we encourage our audience to point out anything that they know is wrong that we said right um but yeah usually prep preparing for um like a typical episode of our podcast we used to put a lot more work into it actually because we didn't we weren't as good at it (laughs) okay yeah yeah um so like we release every week so we'd basically spend the entire week uh just researching right um, and we used to actually answer two questions per episode, so it was even more research. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then recently we reduced to one question per episode, and we've gotten better. So um, we usually only need like one or two days of research. Right. And it's only like are... a couple hours for those two days. Yeah, you have a lot more of a feel for, I guess, I guess how you conduct the research. Like in the beginning, that must have been a lot of figuring out, like, how do we find these things? Like, how do we find the information, right? Right. Yeah. Now we know basically how to find the kind of information we're looking for. And we're also better at picking the types of questions that um, that prompt, like, a better response, better answers. Right. Right. So, yeah. like, we know if there's a question, if someone asks a question, we're like, oh, no, that's not going to work. Then we can either put on the back burner or we can tweak it a little um and we know like what will work yeah so how um i guess okay so we did 
uh, on the episode I was on, we we did what if birds didn't exist. Yes. So how how did you guys come up with that question? Uh, so the way we come up with questions, we basically just have a giant spreadsheet mm-hmm. um, on Google, Google Sheets, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like we're just going throughout our day, and if we come up with an idea, then we open the spreadsheet and type it in. It's, there's a lot of like random questions that don't work that we end up putting on that spreadsheet too, but we try to encourage not shutting down any um, any ideas right away. Right. Which is kind of the purpose of that spreadsheet. Um, so it's just a way to like put it down on paper. Um, right. So that, uh, when we contacted you, we actually sent you a list to choose from of questions. Yeah. And you chose that one. But all that, the entire list was like a truncated version of our giant list. Right, right. Because then I know the episode you guys released today as of recording was the uh, lightning round. Yes, so every 10 episodes we do a lightning round where... So those lightning round questions are actually questions that we don't think will be good for like a full answer. Right. um, For like a normal episode. So that those lightning round episodes have actually been pretty useful for, um, for like filtering through our spreadsheet, right? To kind of get out the old and make space for the new ones, right? Right. Yeah. And the the lightning rounds sort of have a different feel to them too. Like they're a lot more conversational between each other, um, right. whereas the main episodes is more us presenting what we found in our research to each other. And there's yeah. still a little bit of chit chat back and forth, but the lightning rounds we didn't we don't do any research at all, so it's basically just us coming up with the idea on the spot and like rolling with it. Right. And so what, um, like, throughout doing the show, because you guys have been doing it for how long now? A year, you said, or yeah, about a year. About we, a year. We took a a few months break when I broke my ankle, but right. about a year. Right. So, so throughout that period, is there anything interesting you've learned directly from the show or kind of thanks to the show? And it can be like scientific things or like personal things about each other. Yeah, so the facts that we learn on the show, we've learned a lot of facts. The thing is, I don't really retain a lot of it right. just because yeah. it's a lot of information every single week. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But in terms of learning about each other, uh, it's kind of interesting because we have a, a third co-host on the show. His name is Ben. Yeah. And I've actually only met him in person once. Really? Was, yeah. We went to the same college, but we weren't friends in college. He he was friends with Marcus. Okay. And we had met once when we were in college. Yeah. And then when we graduated, I didn't I hadn't seen him. Um, well, we started the podcast five years after we graduated, so I hadn't seen him in all that time. Right. Uh, but when we decided we want to start a podcast, we were thinking we wanted a third person. So Marcus asked Ben, and Ben said yes, and he was a he was a great fit for the show. Um, mm-hmm. We got along really well, but I still haven't met I haven't seen him in person again since that first time. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's... Yeah, I know. I mean, I do think we would get along if we mm-hmm. hung out. And Marcus has actually been kind of pushing for that. We just right. 
can't get our schedules to sync up, but it'll happen eventually. Right. Um, but yeah, he's also an engineer. So I, th- I think we're all kind of in the same mindset. And do you guys all live like in the same area ish as well? We do. We all live. Well, I live in downtown Boston and they okay. live sort of a little bit further away, but they live close to each other. Oh, okay. Um, but it's easy for me to get to them. So we can hang out whenever. I just, it hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny how that happens, right? Yeah. So then like doing the show, you're doing the podcast, you're working, um, you're writing these books. You had the, there's like the cowboy, but sci-fi book. Um, oh yeah. That you came um, out with recently, so that was, right? Right. Yeah. That was my last book I released. It's called metal okay. chest, metal chest. Yeah. It's sort of like a post-apocalyptic, um, sort of a bit of Western in it too. Right. Um, with robots, obviously, because yeah, if you look at the cover, there's a picture of a robot riding a horse. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and that the main inspiration for that was actually a video game called The Last of Us. Okay. Uh, and that's a post-apocalyptic like zombie game. Okay. Um, yeah. But like the main part of that game was sort of like the relationship between the two characters so there's like a fatherly figure and a sort of they're not related but there's like a father-daughter relationship and that's like the main focus of the game and i kind of wanted to like recreate something like that um not necessarily father-daughter but like i wanted to focus on the relationship between the characters how do you think um like you get those ideas uh, for for that characterization from the real world, how do you, and and then transpose it into a book. I, I kind of just observe how people act around each other and how they um, how they have relationships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I try to be as honest as possible. Um, and I I analyze a lot of relationships in tv shows too so right um like characters that i usually when i'm experiencing like a piece of fiction just as like a fan um i'm like in the back of my mind i'm trying to analyze why i like it as a fan and then when i'm writing fiction i try to recreate that i want to try to recreate why i liked that thing in my thing Hmm. you bring those emotions back into it do you, do you plan to continue writing books and to continue publishing? Like, what's kind of in the near future for you? Um, yeah, in the near future. So I am currently writing an- another book. It's actually, I finished the the first draft. I'm in the editing stage right now. Okay. Um, and I think that'll come out within the next few months. I keep on saying the summer, and then it keeps on getting pushed back just because things keep on coming up the podcast my i broke my ankle right set it back but i i it'll definitely be out by this year and that's sort of um it's a little different than my other books i like to describe it as like a mix between inception and silence of the lambs okay interesting sort of like a cerebral thing but it's also like a crime thriller huh I'm trying to figure out like where all these ideas are coming from. Are these just random things you think of and think, ah, that might make a cool story, and then you just turn it into a novel? 
Um, yeah, I think, I mean, basically just other pieces of fiction. So um, obviously Inception is a pretty big inspiration for this one. Um, right. And I think actually the inception of the actual idea originally was from, there was like a trailer for, uh, what's it called? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a Disney movie. And there was a really surreal scene in the trailer where there Mm. were like, uh, there were like kids in like, um, what do you call it with the when a street goes to like a dead end, but there's like a circle at the end of it? Oh, a cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac. That's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are a bunch of kids in a cul-de-sac, and they're all like dribbling a ball in sync, and they have like really creepy faces, and okay. it just had a really surreal feel to it. I wanted to try to recreate that surrealism, so I wanted to do something like that. <laughs> So it's just, like, random stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, it, it sounds a little bit like uh, like you see these things and then you want to pull out those emotions, like, draw out those emotions and find your own way of expressing it through these books. Is that kind of right? Yeah, that, that sound, that's accurate, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That is really interesting. Because um, I, know, I know a few people who write, and they all have their own little little ways of how they come up with ideas and how they portray them and you know um what their what their stories focus on so would you say your your stories are very focused on the emotions that characters are feeling yeah i would say emotion is a big driver in my in my stories mm-hmm. emotion and then character relationships yeah um yeah because I, I know in Age of End, that was like a, a large, large part of it was like the relationships between all these different characters and how they interacted and um, right. how they got along and stuff. So that, that makes sense. And I, I, th- I think that's probably the driver for a lot of authors um, just because I that's so. I never, people. I was never really able to like pin, pin that down. Like people would ask me... Um, like, how did you come up with that story? And it, that was always a tough question for me because I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> I just came up with it. Huh. Yeah, that, that sounds like you figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what can I say? You spend a little bit of time <laughs> listening to somebody and asking them questions. You kind of maybe peel it apart. Yeah. Um, but And maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe, you'll, maybe somebody else will give you a better answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a thought, right? Um, yeah. So kind of, yeah, so... You're, you're writing this other book right now, um, and you said that you guys always have kind of like a stash of ideas in the back of your mind. Um, what, if, if you, if, if time was not an object, like if you didn't have to worry about your schedule and all your resources were infinite, what, what would you create? What would you do? Um, I've always been fascinated with movies so Mm -hmm. i would probably if i had infinite resources i would probably try to make a movie Hmm. um obviously that's really difficult to do with one person right yeah (laughs) um which is kind of why i gravitated towards books because books are easy you can like anyone can just open word on their computer and start typing yeah yeah that's Um, true it's an easy way to get a story out but movies have always i've always been fascinated with movies Hmm. so what um 
would you would you make a movie out of the books you've already written or would you would you make it a completely new story do you have one in mind already that you said if i ever get the chance to make a movie this is what it's going to be um i'd probably make something new i like i just i like new things Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily have an idea um but i like the brainstorming part of the process so that would just be part of it i guess I do. I am a big fan of like animation and musicals too. Okay. I've always been a huge fan of like Disney movies because of that, because of, they do a lot of musical um, movies. Yeah. So yeah. maybe I'll do like a, a Disney esque movie. That'd be interesting. You know, I feel like looking at all the different things you do, I mean, you're an engineer. But you you make a podcast that kind of, I think, ties a lot into the engineering thing, right? It's a very intelligent podcast. But then you also, you know, you write these books and you have these creative things and you have these other ideas you want to do. Um, And and I think that's really interesting to see how multifaceted you are uh, in those things. Yeah, I've always wanted to... uh... So I do. I did play piano when I was younger, when I was like really young, and then I really? kind of fell off pretty early. Um, huh. So I have sort of a music background. I wouldn't say that I can play anymore, but that right. is one thing that I would want to work on too. I want to get better at writing music. Really? Yeah. I kind of just want to do everything, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, why not, right? Yeah, why not? That is awesome. So... Um... You'd like to work on piano more. I mean, you've got to keep your schedule pretty packed if you're doing all of these things, right? Um, yeah, so and engineering is obviously my the main thing I do, so that's my 9-to-5 job. Right. Got to eat. And then, yeah, got to eat. Um, I'd say second on my time commitment right now is probably the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, just like researching and editing. Right. And then yeah, probably after that is my writing. The podcast is probably a higher priority than my writing just because we have to get it out weekly. Right. There's a specific schedule. And you're also involved yeah. with other people in that one, right? Right. Yeah. So we have to like sync up our schedules and make sure everyone's free. Right. And then if one person falls off the bandwagon, then it might cause some issues for getting everything else done, right? Right, which is kind of why we needed that uh, that hiatus when I broke my ankle, just because things kind of fell apart. Right, yeah, that's that's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that complicates things. That <laughs> throws a big <laughs> wrench in it, right? Yeah. Um, we usually do record like a few weeks ahead of time, so we had a right. sort of a backlog. Yeah. Um, so we actually didn't start the hiatus until like a month after I broke my ankle. Yeah, because I know... Um, listening to those episodes you guys said you're gonna try and do it and then one of them gave you a computer or something and then it broke or what (laughs) yeah marcus gave me his old computer um it was a really old computer and he needed to get a new one he knew it yeah so he got a new one and it was all good all well and good and then he lent me his and in the middle of recording an episode it just decided to die (laughs) holy cow great time so yeah, we have half of an episode recorded. Um, 
on Marcus and Ben's end. Yeah. My recording is is gone. <laughs> it's lost to the nether. Yeah. Oh man. Well, at least you're back on your back on your feet and they're both working properly now, right? For the most part. For the Not most 100% yet, but yeah. Is it still <laughs> healing a little bit? Still healing a little bit. I mean, I can do most of my normal stuff, but Right. Yeah. Takes a little bit to get back into it. Yeah. So, looking uh looking further out to the future, um like way further out to the future you're 80 years old you've you know done your thing hopefully you've still got another 20 40 years or something left but you're looking back on like this bulk of your life um and what do you what do you think of it like uh what are you most proud of what do you what do you hope to have accomplished in that time um I guess I just hope to grow everything that I'm doing now. I, li- I like everything that I'm doing now. Hmm. Um, we're still pretty small and every so I don't have like a billion readers reading my books. I don't have a billion listeners listening to my podcast. Right. Obviously, I want to grow those. Yeah. Um, but I also want to. I want to get to a point where I can. Um, inspire other people with the things that I'm doing and also work with people that are like-minded like me. Right. A- expanding on on the creative things you're doing now and uh, and just kind of being able to grow that that part of yourself, the things you're doing now. Yeah, I guess focus cuz you can probably tell I'm very scatterbrained with everything that I want to do. Got a lot going on, yeah. 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 Um, so I guess just focus on, on things and that's probably the best way to grow is just focus, but yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so to, to wrap it up here, um, as you kind of get into that focus and stuff, uh, maybe let's focus in on, on uh, nerd chomp. That's kind of where you have all of your stuff. So Tell me about a little bit of that, and uh, and we can plug it here for anybody listening who wants to see more of what you're doing. Yeah, so NerdChomp, it's www.nerdchomp.com. That's basically just the hub for everything that I do. Um, it has my Let's Play channel on there. It has the podcast. It has my books. It also has Marcus's. Um, Marcus does, like, board game stuff, so it has that mm-hmm. on there, too. Um so yeah, you can go there and check it out. We have we have a store for our podcast too. We have Patreon. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I I really love that you have it all kind of collected and in one place that you can go and check those things out. I mean, that's how I found your books. So um, yeah, definitely anybody anybody listening who's into that stuff, um, they've got a lot of stuff you can check out: books, podcasts, games. Um, yeah, so thank you again for uh, for coming on My Wax Museum and for kind of sharing a bit of your story here with me. And, uh, and yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. And thank you for listening. Remember, if you want to check out more of what Chris does, you can go to nerdchomp.com. Thank you again for listening. Not just to this show, which certainly I do appreciate, for listening to the people around you. 
I really believe that if you're going to make a difference in the world, it's got to start with the people you know, the people sitting next to you on the train, the people in your family, your friends, the people at work. If you just take five minutes to listen to them today, I promise that it will change both of your lives for the better. Thanks again, and have a great week.